0: People who have heard deathbed confessions, what were some interesting ones? My grandma confessed to murder on her deathbed. Usually you'd think it was the pain relief, but she was such an eccentric it was actually believable. We traced all her ex-husbands, partners and any other likely candidates. Unfortunately no one was missing or died an untimely death, but sometimes I wonder. She was just that good. My dad had Alzheimer's and ended up in a secure ward. He was blind and almost deaf. I was visiting him one day. He didn't know who I was, but he started talking about me. He said I had done better than him in life and that he was proud of me. He was a quiet man and never told me that when I was growing up. Looking back, he did things that my dumb butt never realized were for me, like, when he retired his colleagues asked what he'd like as a present. He chose a scientific calculator this was back in the 1970s. He had no use for it. He gave it to me for university, I thought he was just passing it on, not realizing that he'd asked for it with me in mind. A-W-W. My grandpa, a Sicilian man with blessed cooking skills, told us on his deathbed that his meatballs were actually frozen meatballs from the grocery store. As the grandchild of Sicilian immigrants, the only bigger scandal I can imagine is if he had admitted his sauce was store-bought my grandma suffered from dementia for many years before she passed. It got so bad she didn't remember who her family were, and would barricade herself in her home because she was scared of everyone. She even forgot she smoked and would find her cigarettes months later after forgetting where they were and claim she was desperate for one. She'd put them away after one and that would be her again for months. The only memories she had left at the end was that her sister used to be able to play the piano beautifully and her husband, her childhood sweetheart, was gone but she didn't know where. He'd died some time earlier, she spent her days waiting for him to come home from wherever he was. My John will be home soon she would say, or someone would walk past the window and she'd double take and say thought that was my John. It was heartbreaking watching her deteriorate until she was on her deathbed, unaware of anything or anyone. I went to say my goodbyes to her in the hospital and she held my hand and told me how much she loved me but how she was ready to go be with John now. In that moment, she remembered who I was, what was happening to her and that her husband, my granddad, had gone already. She went in her sleep not long after that, and I'm forever thankful I managed to say goodbye and tell her how much I loved her too. I've held on to that moment for so long without really digesting it in any way that writing this just tore my heart out. I miss them both so much but I know they're finally together again somewhere. I don't know if this counts as a confession but it felt like one. My grandparents have three daughters. Everyone always said that my mom was my grandfather's secret favorite. He never agreed. I heard he was on his deathbed on the 6th of April. Went to see him on the 8th of April. He was scary looking and the doctor kept saying he didn't understand why he wasn't dead yet. The 9th of April everyone but my mom had the chance to come and say goodbye. She doesn't drive and my dad works 10 hours away. My grandpa kept saying her name. Well, saying. He couldn't eat or drink so it was more like a whisper. My mom came by on the 10th. He looked at her, smiled, whispered Amy. He closed his eyes and never opened them again. I have an amazing one. My great-grandmother lived a very long and interesting life. She was in her 20s in the Great Depression. She had a wild streak from those days that we don't know much about, to the point that we actually don't know our great-grandfather's name, just the husband she took later. Over the course of her nearly 100-year life, she had collected owls, literally thousands of owl figurines. She had clocks, wall hangings, potholders, lamps, stained glass art, salt shakers, and more little figurines than you could imagine, all depicting owls. We all wondered the importance of the owls. She never talked about them, we just all knew she loved owls. Well, when she was nearing death, at the age of 98 or 99, and the doc said she had days, my grandparents went and talked to her and they asked her if she had anything she wanted to share or ask before she goes. She thought for a moment, then said, I never understood the owls. It turns out, she didn't really give a crap about owls, near as we could piece together sometime in the 40s or 50s perhaps, she bought either a trivet or a set of salt pepper shakers that were owls, then someone got her the other, those were the oldest owls anyone could remember, but from there, someone got her an owl to match, probably a potholder or placemat, and all of a sudden her kitchen was owl themed, from there, it snowballed, the owls flowed like wine. Baffling her for 60 years, eventually taking over as the bulk of her personal belongings. The moral is, if you're not actually into something, mention it early. This is how my dad has come to have a huge collection of pigs. We didn't know he wasn't actually into pigs until I was well into my 20s. It's so funny, and weird, and now we buy him pigs as sort of a joke because it's become his thing even though it's not his thing. Not my story but that of a hospice worker who spoke to my class. For those who don't know, hospice is a method of end-of-life care that focuses on alleviating the emotional and physical pain of a dying person to ease their passing rather than combating their imminent death. One of her patients was a bedbound woman in her 90s who was generally unresponsive but had flashes of recognition and engagement. It's hard to gauge the level to which unresponsive patients are detached from their surroundings, so they encourage family members to keep their company in hopes of soothing the patient. Now this patient was from a US state that prided itself on its state university and the university's football team. The woman's family had attended this university for four or five generations. During her hospice care, however, her great granddaughter was the first in their family to decide to go to a different school, the rival states university, in fact, her family was supportive of her decision but often joked about her being the rebel or judas or what have you, one day, they were all sitting around the woman's bedside, teasing the girl about her decision, suddenly, the patient sat up, looked at her great granddaughter, said, traitor, and freaking died, that is glorious, side note, I really hope this was Osu and Michigan, because I so could believe that. This isn't a confession, but I just wanted to share the last thing my grandfather said to me before he passed away due to lung cancer. I was about to go to Rome for a school trip and my family told me to go to set my mind on something else for a few days. Before I left I wanted to say goodbye as it was possibly the last time I could talk to him. He told me, have fun boy, I'll see you next week. I went to Rome and when I came back, he was already in a deep sleep due to medication. He wanted to peacefully pass away while sleeping. I came back the next week and he was sleeping when I went to visit him. I told him everything I did in Rome even though I knew he wouldn't wake up. The next morning he passed away, my grandmother said to me, he waited for you, I still miss him so much. Not only did he wait for you, he probably also heard every word you said about your trip. My partner's grandfather never spoke about his World War II service, we are Australian. He joined after lying about his name and age so we can't find any records, he would have been 16. We do know he was in the Pacific somewhere and when he got back his lie was exposed and because he was by then 18 he was drafted under his real name. And promptly arrested, he would do anything to not get sent back to fight. He got drunk, fought and self harmed. His adult life was spent mostly as an alcoholic and being a crap husband and father though in his later years he was able to make some good, grandkids appearing softened him. In his dying hours he relived his time at war. Some things he said, oh god they are here, the japs are behind us sir, stab him, stab him, Freaking stick him, help, medic, all around. And he also had a string of names he kept saying, such a tortured, broken mind. My grandfather who had not been a religious man throughout his life stated on the second to last day he was alive that in the prior few nights he was seeing beings in the bedroom with him. He could not discern what they were but one in particular made him very fearful. Art was intense uh, horror. A couple of days before my grandmother passed away she was really confused and was talking about my mother having a child a year or so after my own birth that was sent for adoption. She was talking about how sad and horrible this was and that I deserved to know. After my grandmother passed I confronted my mom about it and she neglected this. And I truly believed her. Couple of months later it turns out my grandmother was the one adopting away a baby girl who was born between my mother and aunt. My dad has a special ability to gain people's trust. In a good way. Twice now he's had instances where dying people tell him things that they feel they can't tell their family. The one case was when my aunt's mother-in-law was dying. She explained to my dad that her husband cannot live alone and that they both agree he must find a new partner after she passes. He did. He remarried within a year of her passing. At the age of 81, the family was very upset about him moving on so fast. My dad had to stand up for him and reassure them that it is what his late wife wanted. My time to shine. I worked at a hospital in garmisch Partenkirchen, a small town near Munich for the last 14 years. My job there is not fancy at all. I move people around, throw the trash out and occasionally I take care of some handy like work, fix a leaking shower head and stuff like that. As you can imagine, I get to see a lot of patients that come and go. Some of them pass away, such as life, I guess. I remember a few instances of people confessing to me their biggest regrets. Here are some examples. An old Polish woman told me that she regretted not freaking Hitler when she had the chance. Her words. I wanted to ask her about more context, but I was afraid to be honest. Another notable example was an old truck driver that used to work for an Easter Germany company. He told me that he once run over some kids with his truck and was too afraid to stop and check if they were okay. Once another Polish lady told me that she used to be a prostitute during second world war and that she slept with very high up people in the government. She told me that she did not regret that part of her life, but that she could not tell anyone and that was a heavy emotional drag. She also told me that she aborted more than 5 babies during that time. The two Polish ladies are the same woman from parallel universes where they made different choices. When I was in hospital, the guy in the bed next to me just asked to stop taking his meds as he was ready to die. Last thing I heard him say was there's no one waiting for me at home, so I'm going where they are. Wasn't really a shocking confession, just a lonely and heartbreaking one. My grandfather had pretty terrible dementia and he kept making deathbed confessions as he knew he didn't have much time left. They were often about witnessing a murder and not telling anyone, but each time he confessed to us the details changed. It happened a couple of times a day over the course of his final week. We finally figured out that he would watch the local news and hear about these things happening than would think he had actually witnessed them. We had a similar situation in our extended family. Alzheimer's made this family member insanely paranoid. He thought that people were constantly trying to break into his home and murder him. Turns out his wife was watching lots of crime shows around him and he could no longer distinguish reality from fiction. I didn't see it, but my aunt watched her elderly mother fall down the stairs and confess just before she died that she wasn't her biological mother. She told my aunt that her oldest sister was actually her mother. The sister had gotten pregnant too young and the mom said it was hers. A common way of handling it back then. She revealed it in her very last breath. Happened more than you think. Daughter gets pregnant. Tells only parents. Mom and daughter go on a long trip. When they return mom had a baby. Raised as another child of the mom. Try Graham Greene's travels with my aunt. My great uncle actually confessed to having two illegitimate sons right before he kicked the bucket in front of his own children and grandchildren. The crazy thing was that none of his children knew this life of his. Not even my great aunt knew about it because she would have made a huge fuss if she was alive at that time and knew about it. What was crazier was that these two sons already passed away 5 and 7 years ahead of him respectively. He was 98 years old and his invisible sons were 65 and 69 years old. The children found out Faye one of his invisible sons actually was a teacher at a school that his granddaughters attended when they were in high school. Nevertheless, his children decided to reach out to the children of his invisible sons. They got connected and learned more stuff about my granduncle. The craziest thing was that I actually dated one of the granddaughters of one of the invisible sons, the one passed away at the age of 69 years old. Talking about a few degrees of separation I. Not a deathbed confession exactly. I was a hospice volunteer and worked with a man with a brain tumor. He was in pretty shape except for that. He was going nuts in the nursing home and one day I took him for a ride around town. He had grown up there. Seemed like every other block he would point at an old building and say used to be a W house there, empty lot, used to be a building there and it had a pretty good W house there, there was a W there until it burned down. We passed by this old odd looking apartment building that had more doors than it should have and it appeared some of the were sealed up. He said, that used to be a crib and each door had a small room behind it and each W had her own room. We passed under a railroad bridge and he pointed a flat area and there used to be black woman that ran the best W house in the state right there. I finally laughed and said guess I know what you spent your youth doing. Helped care for my dad as he died from cancer earlier this year. He would get agitated and reach his arms out and try to sit up. The last thing he said was fuwak. Not sure what it was referencing, pain, drugs, or war memories but that stuck with me. He passed very peacefully in the end. I'm sorry for your loss but that would be my last words. Not a deathbed confession, but the last conversation I had with my grandfather has always stuck with me. He had Parkinson's and lived on a farm outside of town. One day he looked at me and said I'm getting too old to take care of mom, my grandmother. I need you to do that for me. Okay his health deteriorated pretty rapidly from that point onward. I still call my grandmother every single day and try to get back home whenever I can to help out around the farm. My great grandfather was in his mid 90s when he died. Health was always good, but a benign tumor deemed too dangerous to operate on at his age went septic. He was dead a week later. I went to visit him in the hospital. My family used to see him a lot. But there was a falling out between him and my grandma several years before. So we stopped seeing them. Funny enough though. I constantly ran into him at the store and we always had nice chats. Anyway. In the hospital he told me not to worry about him. Most everyone he's ever known was dead. And he was ready to die. The week he felt himself getting sick. He knew something was off and made arrangements to get my great grandma into a nursing home. He took care of her with her Alzheimer's so he wouldn't die until he knew she was taken care of. They were married for over 70 years. My favorite story is that every Sunday for over 50 years, he would drop my great grandma off at church, and then sat in the car and waited for her, hated religion, but loved his wife lol. Sounds like my grandfather-in-law. Although his wife passed first, he always took her to church even though he was an atheist, he loved her so much. After she died he put a mattress in a van and traveled the country visiting all 7 of his kids and then went home. It was his farewell tour and he passed soon afterward. Not exactly on his deathbed. My stepfather emailed me the night he passed away. In general, he was always in pain from chemo, cancer, meds and whatnot. He did not want to continue spending money as he wasted away. He asked me to never tell the rest of the family, but I'm taking all my sleeping pills tonight after your mom goes to bed. With luck, she'll never know the truth. It would break her. So sorry you had to go through that. I didn't witness this personally as it was between my grandfather and his father. My great grandfather was not a nice man. He beat his children. One time he beat his daughter with a table leg, and I am assuming did the same to his wife, Anyway. She left him and the kids behind this was the 30s and I am assuming that he didn't allow her to take the kids with her and it's not like women's rights were great back then. My grandfather left home at 8 years old and fended for himself for his entire life. On his deathbed nasty grandpa told the boys that he had a bunch of money stashed on the old property and if they went to see him, he would tell them where it was. No one went. I was a medic in the military and I worked in one hospital in Louisiana. I was assisting with a mature dependent wife at the end of a long battle with both dementia and cancer. Her last words were, Damned, my pie must be burning. Mayo, funny like a burnt toast smell moment. Funny because it isn't a sign of stroke. (laughs) Nothing dark, but unexpected for me. I spent a lot of time with my 90 something year old grandfather in his final months. He was married to my grandmother for over 70 years and told me he never slept with any other woman. This was followed by him asking me what it was like to sleep with more than one person in your lifetime. He, partially paralyzed from a stroke at the end of his life, also told me, as he was waking up from a nap, that he was just dreaming about having sex with Betty Grable. I never shared these details with my family. Mother ran a nursing home growing up. From ages 5-10 I spent every weekend with residents because I was a kid. Residents often confessed stuff they thought I wouldn't understand. Two stick out, one funny, one not. Women was dying, maybe about 96. Even had her last burst of energy life where she thought she was better. This is common. A black delivery man came with some flowers. After he left she looked at me with tears in her eyes and said, I can't believe I'm dying without having been with a colored man. Second one was while I was reading bible verses to a resident, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to drop that baby in the well. So yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and pretend I didn't see the part about the baby and enjoy this post, thank you. This wasn't a deathbed confession, but more of hospice, this man was an alcoholic. This isn't usually a problem because when in hospice you can get whatever you want as long as it is legal, but he was a violent drunk and was forbidden alcohol as a result. Anyways between his requests for alcohol, he talked about how he and a friend got into a massive fight about land and his equipment being borrowed. As a result they haven't spoken in 20 years. He said he didn't even know why it was such a big deal and regretted being that aggressive. Basically said he missed his best friend and wished they didn't lose all those years. My great uncle had pancreatic cancer and was very frail because of it. I helped him bathe, use the restroom, and change him each morning. Not his last words to me but something he said that has stuck with me since where I hate feeling so useless. I can't do this anymore. I'm so sorry you have to do this. I told him I never minded doing this for him. I loved him so much. And I'd always be there for him. I had to move away a few weeks later because my mom wanted me back home as I was living with my grandparents and him at the time. He passed away shortly after, and his cat he had for almost 30 years a few days after him. He was a good man. Old pets always seem to go a few days or weeks after their owners do. I wasn't there to witness her confession, but the story leading up to it is intriguing. My mom was adopted, and my grandparents never kept it a secret. They loved my mom like their own. When she was growing up, she tried to find out as much as she could about her and her adopted brother's birth parents. Back in those days though, info like that wasn't exactly the easiest to find. My mom and uncle were brought to the orphanage with little to info on each of their biological parents, or was elsewise requested to be kept secret. Eventually, my mom found enough info from notes she had gathered, like which families might have been most likely to be related to her. Some property info one can find at the library, and she just sort of pieced this puzzle together over her life. At a certain point, she was able to get the names of her mother and her brother's mother. She was able to find out she was part of a big family, with lots of brothers and sisters. But, for my uncle, he found out that his mother had died not long after placing him for adoption. By the time she had gathered all of this info and found this much out, My mom was married, had my older sister and was pregnant with me. I can't remember exactly what it was she found that led to it, or if she heard something from someone, but she got a phone number. That phone number went to the house of her biological mother. She called, and the voice of a young boy answered. My mom asked for the name she knew when she hears. Yeah one second. Hey mom. Phones for you. My mom and her mom talk. It wasn't an easy conversation. And I'm just gonna refer to my mom's mom as Biogran from here. Biogran is not comfortable with my mom contacting her, at all. She doesn't ask my mom a lot of questions, but my mom says that she was just gonna talk and if Biogran wanted to hang up at any point, she could. My mom just gave her a short version of the story of her life, and then the conversation was over. Biogran after that, would send letters to my mom on occasion. But Biogran made a point of telling my mom she could never be found out by the rest of her family. And Biogran carried that secret with her until the day of her death. One of her daughters asked her, will you tell us where you went, when you went away that time? And Biogran finally confessed, she had gone to her home for unwed mothers all those years ago to have my mom, the child of her affair. I've met two of my bio aunts, and sadly both of them passed a few years ago. But dang, TLDR. My biological grandmother had an affair with a milkman, left to go to her home for unwed mothers, had a child, did not tell her family until her deathbed. Not exactly a deathbed confession but a day before. My grandmother passed away in 2013 and my dad in 2014. We never told our great grandmother that my dad was no more because of her mental state at the time. She mentioned she could have done more for her eldest child, my grandmother was 12 when she was married off to my grandfather, and that for the past few days my dad is in the living room telling her it is time to go to our new home and that he is being very adamant today, she would pack her things tomorrow morning and would leave with him. She passed away the next day. Not a confession but still something that sticks out to me. My great grandma was in the hospital going in and out of consciousness. While falling out of consciousness one time she whispered mama and then she said it's beautiful. It still gives me goosebumps thinking about it. No matter if you believe in heaven after life or not I think it's really comforting. I like this. I bet it is beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Not really a confession but my cousin and I got into a car accident and he died. His friends got him to steal and vandalize so many things. They also put him in jail four different times. When we were in the hospital and he was about to die his last words were Welp if I go to heck at least I'll be with all my friends. I love you. If you are new to the channel, you can subscribe. I publish new videos every day. Until then, check another video. for now.